feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Do police do their job? I don't know how they do it. I I am honestly, I'm so in awe of police officers when they have so many things going on and so many things working against them. And I want to hear from you guys tonight because I sit there and I'm marveled when you're dealing with all these crazy different policies that are happening And you look at all the liberal policies in so many different cities across America. And now you're saying it's not, you know, it's not easy being a cop. I know so many different police officers and I always thank them when I see them and say, thank you so much for all you do. And I often say, hey, you know, you probably hear that a lot. And they're like, no, 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 we actually don't hear it that often. And how sad is that? Just to say thank you and we appreciate you. And now. Their jobs have gotten a whole lot tougher in many Democratic cities across the country. And specifically, when you think about already how tough it is with skyrocketing crime, with these defund the police movements, where even in cities where they haven't defunded a lot of places, they haven't replaced those that have been retiring and resigning at record rates, which is like in New York and other cities, it is sadly a crisis where there's not enough cops and a lot of people just don't want to be it. It's too risky. They feel like they can't do their job. They're arresting people and they're back out on the streets right afterwards because soft on crime DAs or the public isn't supporting them enough. Um, And by the way, in the second hour of the show tonight, um, we're going to be talking also a lot about soft on crime DAs because there are a lot of them. And I'm really happy that the guy in San Francisco, Chesa Boudin, got the boot. Boutine, we'll call him, right? Because he got the boot. And I'm so glad that he got the boot because, boy, he was leading one of the most liberal cities in the country down into the toilet even further. And Gascon now, there is a major effort to go after George Gascon. I hope he's next. Because if you look at some of the policies of that guy, he is all over the place. And he really has put so many different people in jeopardy, in peril, and a lot of his policies. And he won't even admit to it. In fact, he did a press conference this week, and the guy who he basically gave an easy pass to turns out that he kills two El Monte, California police officers. And so Gascon, as opposed to saying, maybe this is an epiphany, maybe this is an issue, maybe it's that— He comes out and said, oh, the suspect who had a huge rap sheet and who knows why he was even out on the streets. Basically, he comes out and says, oh, he had no violence in his background. Are you kidding me? The guy had so many different issues in his background and never should have been out. And now the families of those police officers are speaking out and saying enough that the reason that guy was out was because of George Gascon's soft on crime policies, and they want to see him recalled or impeached. And also, that's also the case in Philadelphia, where a guy named Larry Krasner, many people believe 
he has done the exact same thing. And there was a huge press conference that took place this week of family members that were just pleading and basically saying it is time to remove these soft on crime DAs. So later on in the show, we're also going to be talking to Andrew Giuliani, who is running for New York governor on the GOP side. And Andrew has said, he just said recently in a press conference, that if he gets elected, one of the first things he'll do is get rid of Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg. I say, bravo, bravo, bravo. And I thought that was really powerful because one of the other ones, you know, one of the other candidates was like, oh, I'm not really sure. Um, Another one, Lee Zeldin, said that he would get rid of Bragg. And I'm happy to hear that there is this resounding voice of getting rid of these soft on crime DAs. And I hope they take a cue out of what happened in San Francisco because that was outrageous. Meantime, we are talking about how tough it is to be a cop. And I want to hear your thoughts tonight, particularly on the mission that cops have and some stunning new information. First off, let's talk about New York. Because in New York City, guess what? An NYPD transit cop was assaulted on the job yesterday on the first full day of officers patrolled who are doing basically solo patrols now. They were basically told, we're going to start with the solo patrol procedure And on the first full day of officers being solo, being alone in the city's subway stations, and that's a pretty risky job these days. I mean, you think about how many people are there and how dangerous it's become and how ambitious and how horrible and brazen some of these cops are. Remember the the cases are recently? Think about the case recently with that guy who was pushing and then started opening fire and shoots 10 people on a subway. And you look at the background of the guy. He was a massive, massive repeat offender over and over again. And Eric Adams has said, well, the way to really distribute cops and make sure that they can really be used enough is to have them go on solo patrols. Now, the police union, so many people in the police union and those who are on the patrol say this is not a smart thing to do for many reasons. First off, if you have one officer And you got another one there. The other one can kind of be watching the other person's back. They can make sure that that officer is not attacked, is not assaulted. Something doesn't happen to him. Somebody doesn't try to, like, grab his gun, do something, whatever the case is. You know, they're really in a vulnerable position if they are by themselves. And they spoke out as soon as they said, what are you doing? What are you talking about this procedure? And sure enough, on the first day of solo patrol... This is basically what happened. Let me tell you, the first guy goes out, this guy, and the officer, there he is. He's at the Pennsylvania station in Brooklyn. He's attacked around 6.45 p.m. at night by a 24-year-old suspect who, guess what? What a surprise, has a history of run-ins with cops. And the incident unfolded when the officer spotted the suspect smoking a cigarette on the southbound platform. And he told him to put out the cigarette. The suspect threw himself down the plat threw himself down the platform staircase. The officer went to offer the suspect help, but he allegedly grabbed the officer and tried to grab the officer and drag him down the rest of the staircase. I mean, and then he tried to grab the officer's gun several times. This is exactly why you do not have 
officers patrolling by themselves, especially in an area like that. Are you kidding me? Luckily, this guy, this suspect was subdued. He was taken into custody. He was hit with several charges, including assaulting a police officer and resisting arrest. And if you look, he's got a huge rap sheet of going after police officers in the past. I mean, on May 11th, this guy was accused of assaulting a police officer when he allegedly lunged at the officer and struck him with a closed fist several times on the shoulder. He was charged with second-degree assault, resisting arrest, as well as lesser charges. Uh, On the same day, he was charging connection to a domestic incident. It wasn't enough that he had won on one day. He had to go for another one. I mean, this is so crazy. And he was given non-monetary release on both arrests on May 16th. I mean, this is exactly why you throw the book at criminals. And this is exactly why you do not have officers patrolling alone. They got to have somebody who can look at their back. They can watch what's going on. And this, to me, is so crazy. And Eric Adams seems intent on this program. Take a listen. Here is where he basically laid it out and tried to make the case for single police patrols. The uh, police commission and I are going to be announcing in the next few days a a new deployment of our transit police personnel. That is playing a major role in people feeling comfortable in riding the subway system. We're getting ready to announce the next layer of our subway safety plan, moving away from the double patrols that cut our police forces in half and going back to single patrol to have the omnipresence that's needed on our trains and stations. And so we are going to continue to modify until we bring back that level of confidence that New Yorkers need. And then Eric Adams also explained why he just felt like there really wasn't a need. He's trying to get around the fact that basically what you got to do is you got to hire more cops. You got to have cops that are filling in the ones that are resigning and wanting to leave at record pace. And instead, he's just trying to distribute them and stretch them even thinner and now put them in a very dangerous situation by being by yourself with a bunch of nut jobs half the time on these subway stations. There have been so many crimes on the subways, not just in New York, but around the country. What city in America would have somebody just there, especially an urban city with a very high escalating crime rate? Where would you ever consider having an officer be by himself? They're obviously trying to stretch it, say, oh, we didn't hire more cops. We just only used one where we normally use two. And isn't that great? I mean, this is nuts, and it's really putting officers in danger. But Adams, who is a former police captain, remember, so he should know better, he came out and said, you know what, it's just, it's smooth. With technology, we don't have to worry about it. Take a listen to what he said. Some stations, like 34th Street, you need to patrol because of the size of the stations. But those other stations, there's no reason you have to patrol, particularly with the great um, methods of communication. Right. And that's really going to help you when in this particular case, the guy goes to help somebody who fell down the stairs. Then the guy grabs him, tries to drag him down the stairs and then tries to grab his gun. So tell me how in this particular case, modern technology was able to help that he could communicate. You think he's able to, like, say, hey, help me as he's being dragged down the stairs? Most of the time, that's the last thing you're thinking about. You're just thinking about surviving and getting this guy off of you and make sure he doesn't get your gun. 
I, I mean, this is ludicrous. And are you shocked that Eric Adams, who, again, has this police background, that's much in part why he got elected as New York City mayor, that he doesn't understand that? To me, this is just cutting corners and at the sake of putting police officers in grave danger. The number is one 800 848 Let's go to Larry in Brooklyn on line five. Larry, your thoughts about all this. <clears throat> Reed, I appreciate your, your thoughts and your intelligence, but I have to accuse you of being Monday morning quarterback. Look, let me. These things are happening for reasons that people don't know, and I and I believe I'm on this. I believe I know why this happened. All right. So why? Attack, yeah. Why do you think, Larry? An, an, an attack like that on a police officer is almost unprecedented, and it's certainly uncommon. These are be Eric Adams' t- policies are being targeted by the street gangs. They are following his policies, and they're trying to show him up that you cannot stop us. Now, at the same time this happened yesterday, I happened to be on a bus, and I witnessed something. I ride the bus all the time, and I witnessed something that I never have witnessed before, a gangbanger, and I know what they look like with the hats that they wear, okay? He was smoking a cigarette on the bus. I never saw that before. So why is he, why was that happening at the same time as the assault on the officer? They're trying to take on the, the single operators. They're trying to show, hey, the bus driver can't do nothing to me. You see, the gangs are involved in this against the policy of Adams because Adams is breaking with the Albany legislators, you see. And there is like a little bit of a war going on. So the gangs are working for the politicians, actually. And I wouldn't be surprised because if you think about it, they're the ones that are being sprung from the jails, the gangs. So if you think about it, the politicians might actually be communicating with these gang members on a certain level. All right. So two things, Larry. First off, I mean, I'm sure that gangs are challenging the system because everybody's challenging the system when you have uh, a weak leadership. And especially when you look at like Alvin Bragg and some of these others, uh, you know, gangs who commit a lot of the crimes, as you aptly point out, um, definitely are taking advantage of the system. But a lot of people are taking advantage of the system. I mean, you look at in particular the guy who opened fire on the subway car. Remember, that was that horrible case. And he shot 10 people. Uh, He wasn't a gang guy. Uh, He was just he was a lunatic and was saying horrible things, you know, online. Um, and on social media, all these different things. He was a deranged man. So I guess my point is, you're right. We we do have to be worried about gangs and repeat offenders and all that other stuff. Um, but a lot of the repeat offenders are not just gangs. That guy didn't have any gangs, and that was one of obviously a horrible attack. So there's a lot of elements here. I actually think it's it's a lot more widespread uh, than you think it is. And I think the facts also show that, too, as well, Larry. I mean, the statistics are not good um, in terms of crime. I mean, they're going up. Violent crime's going up in New York. Um, Attacks on subways are going up in New York. And some of it's gang-related, but a lot of it is not. But I do think the gangs are playing a big role, though, you know, in crime in general. And these repeat offenders that are gangbangers who just don't care. I I think they're doing it not just to show up, uh, you know, Eric Adams, and Albany and all that other stuff, they're just doing it because they can get away with it. And that's a sad testament to where we are right now. But, Larry, thank you. Really interesting. And that's interesting that the guy was smoking the cigarette. That is an interesting point that you bring up at the same time on a bus, and it was kind of a rarity for you. So that is interesting. When we come back, everybody, we're going to continue with your calls. 
Why do you think that now, first of all, criminals are clearly more emboldened because they're getting a free pass from many DAs and seeing these soft on crime leaders in many different levels and they're taking advantage of it. And then on the other hand, is there any logic to you why you think it would be a smart idea, especially you in law enforcement who listen to the show, that it would make sense to have solo patrols? Obviously, they're trying to cut corners and trying to do whatever they can as opposed to saying, hey, we got a crisis. People don't want to join the NYPD because we're treating them terribly. They need to be treated better. We're going to get into all of that after the break and also tell you what the heck is going on in Chicago. If you think New York is doing some crazy thing with their cops, what do you hear what Chicago's doing? We're going to talk about that when we come back. 1-800-848-9222. It's the Rita Cosby Show. It is called Cutting Corners at Officer Security's Sacrifice. I mean, if I were a police officer and somebody said, we're going to send you to a high crime area where there's a lot of guys who are on drugs and many of them that are armed illegally, and we're not going to give you any backup. Have a good day. I'd be like, "Um, I'm going to maybe be a waitress instead because, boy, this is getting difficult. I mean, it is crazy, and it basically is so blatant because here is what New York City Mayor Eric Adams had to say when he basically explained why he was now making the double patrols. It was always two guys, a duo, you know, looking one looking over the other person's shoulder, watching the person's back, um, or calling something in if somebody did get attacked or saw something or whatever, to now the solo patrols because they just want to basically save money. Take a listen. Because right now, when we, when we made every patrol a dual patrol, we cut our department basically in half. By going back to single patrol, mm-hmm. we're now doubling the size. And you're going to see the omnipresence and the confidence that riders are going to see based on that. So what about, and I understand wanting more officers, by the way, at subway stations and locations all over the country, by the way. I think it's important we get more officers But the way to do it is not make them be vulnerable and sitting ducks by themselves. The way to do it is hire other ones so everybody can have a dual patrol to watch each other's back. I mean, what if somebody gets ambushed or something happened? They can't call in. They can't do that. I mean, they are just so vulnerable. And these criminals are more and more emboldened. They're more brazen. And for all these reasons, this to me is an enormous concern. And it's stunning from a guy who was a captain in the NYPD. And uh, the number is 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Ed on line seven. Ed, your thoughts about all of this? I think it's crazy. How lucky is one guy be to talk my Polish-Danish cousin sister? Hey, um, thank you, Ed, very much. Thank <laughs> you very much. I appreciate it. My good, fa- my favorite ancestry. All right. <laughs> I love you and what you do. My my dad was in World War II and I'll be at Coral, so. Thank so, you. Look- thank you for your family service, Ed. Uh, yes, my own. And Eric Adam, he, he, he talks the talk, but he doesn't walk the walk. Um, what is the word omnipresence? It makes us scared as a police officer. Well, when you walk down the street 
alone, you're an omnipresent. <laughs> right, and right. So I'm thinking two officers, how about three? Right. I, by the way, by the way, I agree with you. We need more. But you know what it is? It's a cheap way to say, well, you know what? Usually it takes, uh, you know, uh, two people to bring up that big old crane. And now we're just going to have one of you pull up that crane. And don't worry if it's a bit of a hazard. If it tips over, you're going to be OK. But we'll have more of you all over the city. I, I mean, it's a really it's I think it's putting officers in grave danger Without saying, we need to hire more cops. Is he afraid to say we need to hire more cops, Ed? He doesn't want to hire more cops. You put one officer by himself and the loss of one life, officer or a kid in school or anything else, is a, it's a death that shouldn't happen, Rita. Thousand percent. And there's no price that you can put on somebody's life, especially one of our great officers. We're going to continue with your calls. Rita Cosby is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, which I love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby Show, we are honoring some police officers and one in particular who saved two lives in Blairsville, Indiana. Uh, An officer there was honored last night for saving the lives of two people during a rescue in May in the river. Uh, On May 7th, just after 5 o'clock, Blairsville Fire Department's water rescue team uh, and also a fire department and a number of others were called out to an area on the riverfront trail where a 47-year-old man and a 7-year-old boy were trapped by the fast-rising water. Once one of the victims was located Officer Andrew Ong saw a man struggling with a child, whereupon seeing the water rescue team was having problems, he immediately took off his own equipment and then he jumped into the water to help the two make it to shore. The police department and others say that Officer Ong's actions were far above and beyond the call of duty, and he put his own life at grave danger to save the two and save them And they are both doing well. An amazing story. And he was just recently honored for saving their lives. He got a letter of commendation and recognition for his efforts in the water rescue. And most importantly, was able to save two lives. It just shows the great work that our men and women in blue do all the time. And I feel like it is so, so important that they are recognized and that they're appreciated and that we do whatever we can to help them facilitate their job. We talked about what's happening in New York, where basically now officers, especially in the subway transit system where there's a lot of crime, because Eric Adams wants to show more cops in the subway system, which I think is a noble effort, but instead of keeping the double patrols with two of them together, he's saying, well, let's just put out one there at this location, one at another, so that way maybe you'll see cops in more places. That way they're able to spread out. I think it's a good idea to see cops more often in dangerous places, but not at the expense of having them by themselves and making them sitting ducks and making them vulnerable at a time where crime and attacks against officers is at an all-time high. This year alone, more than 24 officers have been killed. They have been shot to death across this country. 
more than 150 of them have been shot, not killed, but shot. 24 lost their lives. Ambush attacks are at an all-time high, and you're going to have officers by themselves where somebody could grab their gun, and that's what happened on the first day where they had the first full day of solo patrol in the New York City subway system. One cop was wrestling with the guy who was trying to grab his gun, and he was by himself. It's like a formula for disaster. And now fast forward to also Chicago, because the good old Windy City now is no longer allowing officers to be able to chase people on foot simply because they run away or give chase over minor offenses. So if somebody has committed a minor offense or suddenly runs away from a cop and they have a suspicion of something really serious, they're not able to chase after them anymore. And to me, this is insane. So now if somebody runs away and they committed, quote, a minor offense, and again, who determines what's a minor offense? That's a whole other issue, too, with these soft on crime DAs. This is the uh, town of Lori Lightfoot, who couldn't wait to defund the police. And you've got officers who are now not allowed. This is the new policy. If somebody has done a, quote, minor offense or they've just run away but and you suspect something serious, you can't run after them. I mean, that is the most ridiculous thing I have ever heard. What's the next thing? If they commit a crime, you can't arrest them? Is that the next step? I mean, this is nuts. Take a listen. Here is a local Chicago reporter describing the new foot policy. According to the new policy, an officer should only start or continue a pursuit if there is probable cause for arrest. Body cams must be activated. Pursuits are prohibited for minor traffic violations and can be terminated at any time by supervisors. Finally, officers must consider alternatives. How scary is that? And here is Chicago Police Department Superintendent describing basically what he says is the new situation. Foot pursuit policies have been part of law enforcement for over a decade now. Just because Chicago PD is now implementing a permanent one, the impacts on crime has been studied and we can look back at foot pursuit policies. It's made officers safer and it's made the community safer in cities that's implementing this over a decade. So the expectation for us is, like Bob mentioned, what we'll learn and be informed by our documentation and review of how to continue to enhance officer safety as well as enhance safety of our residents. And I agree that you have to be careful that a lot of times these foot pursuits could lead to other things. But to just say we're not going to chase them, we're not going to do that, that to me does not make any sense sense. That is outrageous. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Max on line eight. Max, your thoughts about all this? Hey, Rita, thanks. You're, you're great. I, I just want to say that Mayor Adams is an embarrassment, and he once again proves that liberalism is a mental disorder. I was in Union Square two weeks ago in the subway station. It took six cops to uh, try to arrest a guy who had assaulted someone who was bleeding from the side of the head, and they were trying to get him to comply. He was an average-sized man, six of them. They could not arrest this man. Six minutes I waited for the train. When I got on the train, they were still trying to get him to comply. It's, it's, like a, it's like a twilight zone now. And one more thing I want to tell you. I was in London 10 years ago. Police officers didn't carry guns. I didn't even know that. Even at my age, I didn't know. I asked the guy, why don't they carry guns? He said, because 
we know that there's severe consequences if you assault one of them. If you don't follow their orders, there's severe consequences if you get arrested. If you kill one of them, you could forget they'll bury you under the jail. So what all, all, all we have to do is apply the law. These guys should be in jail. You assault an officer, you commit a crime, you go to jail. You 20 years, 30 years, what does it matter? It doesn't matter if most of the guys that's in jail looks like me. Who cares? You got to put guys in jail. Why don't liberals get that? I agree. And you know what? It's like to basically say, okay, well, we're not going to do that. Um, you know, we're not going to allow them to really, like you just said, enforce the law. The problem is a lot of these, well, on the arresting side, there's a lot of that you were talking about there, Max. But on the arresting side, a lot of these DAs are using basically subjective interpretation. That's why I say to you when they say it's a minor offense, who decides what's a minor offense? That's what it's happening with a lot of these DAs. Um, and we're going to talk about, by the way, in the next hour, George Gascon of Los Angeles, who came out the other day and said there was nothing in this guy's record that would make you think he was a violent criminal. Are you kidding me? This is the guy who killed the two cops. Um, and if you look at this guy's track record, there was so much violence in his background. I would consider robbery. I would consider assault. I would consider a lot of these things um, violent. And and that's why they play with the semantics. They play with the verbiage. And just like you said, if they're not adhering to what's on the books and they're playing sort of, you know, verbiage games and word games and deciding who gets what based on whatever sympathy they have for that individual and forgetting the victims, um, it, it's crazy. But you're right. If they look at what's there and they enforced it right now, in many cases, we would have a much safer city and that would go for cities across America. And the sad thing is they're not enforcing what's on the books. And that's why, um, you know, by the way, coming up, we're going to be talking to Andrew Giuliani, who is running for New York governor, GOP candidate. One of the things he said during the debate recently was if he's elected, one of the first things he's going to do is fire Alvin Bragg, the soft on crime DA Alvin Bragg. And I say, bravo, bravo, bravo. We can't get that fast enough. 1-800-848-9222 is the number to call. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Eric on line five. Eric, your thoughts about all this. Hey, Rita. Well, I think, um, well, he, he, he asked it the other day, Adam, they asked him the question straight up about all the cops leaving. You're, you know, you're running thin on cops. They're leaving. They're retiring. They're, they're moving elsewhere. And he tried to blow it off like it was not a big deal. And then what does he do? He, he singles up the, the patrols. So it's not about money. He's just president on cops. So now, you know, it's lucky that the, it didn't take the death of a cop to, for him to reverse himself on this. He's yeah. got to be realistic. Isn't that? That was just what I had to say. I mean, but you you're know. right. You know what's interesting? He didn't. You're right. Like when he was asked about it, he didn't even really seem concerned about it. He was like, oh, we're going to get good people. I saw it. You know, it was on uh, the, the local Fox station. Oh, we're going to get great people. Not to worry about it. We're going to be fine. It's like, what are you talking about? Like, wouldn't you say, wait a minute, we want to make sure we get good officers. And clearly there's an issue and uh, the community has to support officers. The community has to appreciate them. He could have used that actually as a teaching moment to basically show support for police and send a message to the community to support police and to encourage people to come. But it was more like, ah, no big deal. We'll get others. I, I, I mean, that to me was alarming. Was it alarming to you? 
Well, he has that. He had should have found the middle ground. Like he looked, he was trying to look cool, non concerned, nonchalant about. But he had it. He should have found the middle ground. Act, you know. I mean, but he, he secretly really concerned. He's got to, he's got to worry about less about appearances and, and be realistic. Yeah, you know, he, absolutely. He's going to have to withdraw his his uh, endorsement of of, of, of Hulk the way he's going. If she's not going to get rid of Bragg, and um, I'm curious as to because Bragg under Bragg, it's uh, isn't it illegal to resist arrest? So that's just what this causing this whole mess is. And in London, London, they're 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 packing, they're packing. He, they're in pairs with assault rifles in London right now. So I don't know in what locations or pairs of singles, but there are they're armed, they're they're armed. So. Um, and and how a, wild is that in London? By the way, you bring up London. You know, yeah, there's a pretty they never. They weren't armed. Yeah, <laughs> the bobbies. You know. Yeah. <laughs> they're not bobbies anymore. They're they're. Yeah, they're they're full on armed. Yeah, you know? but and guess what? You know, I, you know. By the way, in London, the mayor there, he's he's a he's a left guy. He's a far far left guy there. That mayor, and if he sees it, why don't many American cities see it with even left leaning mayors? It, it's 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 a huge concern. Eric, thank you very much. Great call. Uh, let's go to Mike on the Lower East Side on line three. Go ahead, Mike. What are your thoughts about this? How are you, Rita? Yeah. When Giuliani got in, he not only did he stop the crime in like two, three weeks, he rebuilt the, he, all the all the highways and bridges and everything. But he also liberated people that were sitting behind boarded up gate windows and all of that. So uh, the mayor, this mayor here, doesn't want to liberate nobody. He wants to keep everybody scared. It's the left's agenda. So that's why he's putting one cop here, one cop there to be sitting ducks. So if they get shot, okay, it's going to put more fear into people. This is what the left wants. They don't want to liberate people, okay? Giuliani liberated people. Yeah. And you know what? But he also sent a message to criminals that if you commit crimes in broken windows theory, you know, Mike, uh, that was a big, big philosophy of Rudy Giuliani, as you bring up. Also, Bill Bratton, Ray Kelly. If you commit a small crime and you don't stop somebody, then they get emboldened and they commit bigger crimes. And that's exactly what's happening. I mean, if you look at the track record of these people, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure that they're just going to kind of keep on going and keep on going. And that's what happens. They they get to more and more serious crimes. And if you look at their rap sheet, you know, it, it's it's a long rap sheet. You know, it's, it's like, you know, it's like a template almost to see that they're going to get worse. They're going to get worse. And that's why the real dedicated crime fighters know get them at a low level so it stops there. Because not only does it send a message to them that you can't have that kind of life on crime, you got to turn your life around, it also clearly protects society more. And we need to have that back. That's a really powerful message, Mike. Thanks so much. Let's go to Carlos on line four. Go ahead, Carlos, your thoughts. Yes, I have an issue with the government. What's your issue, Carlos? My issue is all these uh, APAC Zionist conventions, rather Zionist conventions on the Internet, they seem to subvert the government in taking over everything to the financial system. Well, you're getting into a whole bunch of tangents there. Since we're talking about crime, let me just ask you, since I have you here, Carlos, I'll give you a second shot. Uh, first off, um, what are your thoughts about law enforcement and others and the fact that they're not able to do their job or they're now having a lot more restrictions on their job. What are your thoughts on that, Carlos? 
the system wants us to drive everybody out of New York City. They're phasing. They're going to put us all in concentration camps. It's over. Well, Carlos, you're hardcore. I, I don't think we're ever getting to that point, thank goodness. But things are getting pretty bad. But not that bad yet, Carlos. But uh, always appreciate your thoughts. I don't agree with it, but I appreciate your thoughts. Let's go to Debbie on line six. Go ahead, Debbie, your thoughts. Hi. Um, I think they should put the United States under martial law to stop crime altogether and have a real strict curfew. Oh, we don't. But, Deb, you don't want to live like that. I mean, you know, if things were when the riots were happening around America, we saw a lot of those curfews. But do you want to really live in a country like that where we've got to? What about just getting tough on criminals? I'll take that. Why should the rest of us have to restrict our lives? Don't you think we should make sure their lives are restricted and they're behind bars? Well, I guess um, being blind, it's kind of wonder. Am I going to be safe? Is Atria going to be safe? So I um, I just feel like that maybe police officers and military should team up. Wow, Deb, that's a really powerful message, as you just said, as, as someone who is blind, uh, worried about crime. And, and I think so many of us are, and it's, it's a real fear. Um, but I hope we never get to the point of, uh, of uh, martial law or, or curfews like we did during those riots, um, sadly, a couple of years ago. That was really, really concerning where we did have the curfews in a number of cities across America. Where, uh, but that was to make sure that the bad guys were off the streets. Um, but uh, listen, I hope, uh, hope it never gets to that point again. And uh, hopefully we just have to do the best we can and stay safe. But we got to make sure that criminals pay a dear, dear price and that law enforcement officers are protected and them going into the subway by themselves now because Eric Adams, what, doesn't want to spend the money to increase patrols. I mean, that's outrageous. That is outrageous. He should be out there and pleading and saying, we need the money. Clearly, a lot of people in his base don't want to spend the money, but I'm sorry, protection is key. It is key. If they don't feel safe in New York, and nothing else matters. If you don't feel safe, like Deb was just talking about, no, you know, nothing else matters whatsoever. Uh, let's go to BJ real quick. BJ, your thoughts on Line 8. You're a true lady from the 80s, a Xena uh, uh, warrior princess. Nah, thank Number you, one. BJ. Thank you, BJ. I'll take it. You know, I tell you this, though. We, we are, You're fighting the good fight. What we're dealing with is we're dealing with woke policies being uh, uh, instituted that catered to a certain part of the electorate, okay? Uh, it's, not the, it's not the rich kids from the suburbs that are causing these crimes, okay? It's the lowest element of society that's robbing Rite Aids, that's mugging people in the street, that's beating on Asians, uh, defenseless. It's, uh, it's the Darwinian, it's the rule of the jungle. And uh, when you have uh, uh, law, uh, weakened police, you basically weaken the rest of society, and that's what's happened. And I'm going to say another bold statement, and, and I mean this in the best of sense. The police we had that saved us from, from 9-11, the, that whole culture has changed now. And we saw that in Uvalde, and that's very sad to and, say. And why do you – well, two things. First off, Uvalde, the more details we hear about it, the angrier I get because it's outrageous. And they're all like – pointing fingers at each other, and, and thank goodness they put 
that guy who was the so-called commander. I just saw a couple hours ago they just announced that they put him on uh, on leave. Uh, he should be on permanent leave. Anybody that was a part of that or made the decisions that day. But the fact we can't even get an answer there is, is so complicated. But the other thing is, do you believe why? Do you believe that like police are now afraid to go in for some reason? How are you tying all this in real quick? I'll tell you how. Uh, my my mother used to say fish stinks from the head down. And when you're uh, you're no longer have police that undyingly sacrifice themselves, their family and their lives to save uh, and protect the weak like you did on 9-11, you have people making a political, financial and uh, a self uh, uh, a, a self-centered analysis about how am I going to get out of this rather than just saving lives. And when you see what happened in Uvalde, how people were blocked from saving the lives of, of those children. And people that they had the guns, they had the badges, they had the power. They could have overpowered that kid, but but they didn't. And although, it's all because although, they were fear. Well, and I think I think there was obviously some fear. I think a lot of that was inexperience. And I also think, um, and BJ, thank you very much for the call. I think in this case too, um, that I do think there are a lot of really courageous cops out there that would have charged, and there were some that really wanted to that day. So I do still think. There's a lot of officers that have that 9-11 spirit, um, but we also have to make sure that they know we have their back and we support them. We're going to continue with your calls after the break. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Well, unfortunately, police are running into a number of strangers that are saying they think they can get away with crime. It is really difficult if you are a police officer these days. And that is a really, really, really sad testament that right now, if you're in Chicago, you can't chase after them. Even if you have an intuition that something serious is going on, if you're an officer, that's the new rules. And in New York, now on the subway platforms, because Eric Adams and a number of others are not hiring more officers, basically, they're just trying to separate them out. And now it'll only be a single officer by himself on patrol, he or she. And that makes their job so difficult. Uh, To me, that is absolutely heartbreaking. Breaking. Let's go to Leo on line six real quick. Go ahead, Leo. Your thoughts. Hello, Rita. Hi, Leo. Go ahead. Go ahead, Leo. What are your thoughts? On Long Island here, a Korean War veteran, in fact. Oh, bravo. Leo, we just have a few seconds, but go ahead, my friend. What kind of training do these police officers get when they go to, uh, before they become a cop? Before they go on the street, do they get this karate, jiu-jitsu training for a few, for a couple of months or what? Or do they just go out there like, like that? Like you know right what? You know what? That's a good point. Leo, you got your, your, the radio on in the background. You got a lot of noise going on. But I heard what you said. And, yeah, they actually go through a decent amount of training. And a lot of these cops. But, but nothing really prepares you for Working in the subway in New York City. And if you're in the streets of Chicago, wow. Feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist. From the White House to war zones. Telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. 
I am fed up with these soft on crime DAs. I've had it up to here, and it is outrageous. We were just talking about how important it is to support police, given what's been happening now in New York and the subways, that they should be doing solo patrols. That's crazy. In Chicago being told, don't chase after people with misdemeanors or just because they run away. Uh, I mean, an officer's job is tough enough. And now some of these policies are making it a lot tougher. And then you've got these soft on crime DAs that when a police officer arrests somebody, often somebody with a long rap sheet, they're back out on the streets. Case in point, first off. And this is outrageous. In Los Angeles, we know the story recently, sadly, of this guy with a long, long rap sheet who opens fire on two officers. Two El Monte police officers were killed in California. They were there responding to an incident at a hotel. The guy opens fire. And you look at the background of this guy. It's outrageous. And the father of the guy came out today. The father of the slain police officer came out and said he squarely blames this killing, obviously, on the attacker. But he also says the criminal justice system failed his heroic Police officer, son, take a listen. I don't want to have any hate in my heart, but you know what? All the situation that happened should have never happened. You know, it, this, oh man, this, uh, this coward should have been locked up. Should have never been out there. You know, if you would have been where he should have been at, if he should have been locked up, my boy and my his partner would have still been alive right now. And I don't think that's right. Yeah, absolutely. And he went for LADA George Gascone, who is one of the softest on crime DAs in the country, who's soon going to probably face a second recall effort. And again, the father of the slain police officer said, this guy needs to go. Well, they, they, I'm sure they already know. I'm sure, you know, the news, everything, they know what's going on. You know, I don't think I need to say much because I'm sure everybody knows what kind of type of person this guy is. You know, letting criminals out when they should be locked up. Just want to tell the, the country out there, everybody in the world, that they need to speak up. They need to sign petitions. They need to do whatever needs to be done to get this guy out of office. Because, I mean, we this enough is enough. We cannot lose any more lives. Bravo to him. And more and more of these victims' families are speaking out um, in just a minute or so. By the way, we are going to be speaking to New York gubernatorial candidate Andrew Giuliani, who during a debate recently was really powerful about supporting law enforcement and came out and said that if he gets elected, he will fire the Manhattan D.A. on the spot. And I say bravo to Andrew Giuliani because the D.A. in New York is just as bad as this D.A. Gascon. And take a listen to D.A. Gascon in L.A. because then they asked him, well, what do you think about the fact that this guy who was arrested had a long, long rap sheet that maybe he shouldn't have gotten out? And that's what happened, that they didn't really enforce the strikes, the three strikes rule that happens in L.A. They didn't enforce it. They said, oh, these crimes are not so bad. 
And the guy basically was let out. He was able to be out there roaming. And then he goes and commits his crime and kills two police officers. But the guy's rap sheet was like a mile long. And so D.A. Gascon was on the hot seat. And this is what he had to say. Basically, he defended himself and he tried to basically defend the record of this criminal. In this particular case, the history of the suspect, Mr. Flores, did not contain any evidence of violence. He was basically someone that had been drug addicted for many years. He had been arrested mostly for drug-related offenses. And almost a decade ago, Mm -hmm. he was arrested and convicted for burglarizing his grandparents' home and stealing a TV. He then remained pretty much away from the criminal justice system until the arrest in this particular case where he was arrested for possession of drugs for personal use and the possession of a gun. The outcome in this particular case, given what we knew then, no history of violence, very little contact with the criminal justice system for nearly 10 years, was appropriate. Outrageous. Defending himself as opposed to saying, maybe we need to have a wake-up call, and maybe we need to get a handle on crime, and maybe get tough on the criminals that are committing crime. To me, this is outrageous, and sadly, this is happening in cities upon cities across America. And joining us now to talk about crime in New York, where rates are really skyrocketing across the country, and soft on crime DAs who are creating this revolving door, is New York GOP gubernatorial candidate Andrew Giuliani, one of the great folks who is running for governor. And the primary, by the way, you guys, is right around the corner. It is next Tuesday. Uh, Andrew, great to have you here on the show. Rita, always great to be with you. I have to say, I started the day in Rochester. One of my stops today was Binghamton. And I have to tell you, this is something that's not just affecting New York City, not just affecting big cities like L.A. and San Francisco. But in Binghamton last year, they had the most murders ever in recorded history. Same thing in Rochester last year, and this year they're on pace to surpass that. That's why I have pledged to New Yorkers that I will end cashless bail, that I will make sure that we do everything that we can to fire district attorneys like Alvin Bragg, like any district attorney that takes Soros money that decides not to prosecute criminals Uh, The governor has the power under Article 8, Section 13B of the New York State Constitution. And on day one, I will fire any DAs that choose not to protect New Yorkers and do their job. Andrew, what's your reaction to the fact that the current governor, um, who you're hoping to go up against if she if she wins on her primary, we have to see if she wins on her primary. um, And if you win on your primary, I'm right around the corner. What 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 is your message of the fact that she's come out? And basically said about Alvin Bragg, we're going to cut him some slack. Uh, it, it shows that she's playing party politics rather than actually worrying about what's most important in New Yorkers. I, I say this all the time. Politicians have narratives, right? It's up to the data and the numbers to determine whether those narratives are fictional or whether they're true. We can just look exactly at when bail reform was signed into law and what that's done to the state of New York. And it's made crime go through the roof everywhere. And I think one of the main reasons why we've seen crime continue to skyrocket in New York City and specifically in Manhattan this year 
is because we have a district attorney that on day two or three of the job ended up writing a memo to his assistant district attorney saying we're not going to prosecute armed robbery or resisting arrest. What kind of a message does that send to our NYPD when they know they have a district attorney that not only will prosecute those crimes, but will basically throw them under the bus as well? That's why he goes on day one of a Giuliani administration. And Andrew Giuliani, what do you think are the biggest issues when you're out there on the campaign trail? And give us sort of a sense. It's down to the wire now what you're going to be doing between now and Tuesday. Well, crime is certainly the top issue. But I mean, I would also look at major issues like health freedoms and mandates. I can only be in the room in one of the three debates because uh, I had chosen not to get the shot. And other New Yorkers, I know there are other firefighters and police officers and teachers that have lost their job because of these crazy mandates, certainly at this point looking at this. Obviously, the economy, we're leading the country in out-migration because we're one of the most overtaxed and overregulated states in the country. And I would take a look at education here in New York and the fact that we pay the most per capita per student, yet we always end up ranking below average, actually, in student performance. We need more choice in schools. We need more parental rights uh, in our kids' education. And the truth is, in looking at the way this race is breaking down, I love our chances come Tuesday, June 28th. And that's why I'm asking New Yorkers to come on out there and vote for Andrew Giuliani on Tuesday, June 28th. And what do you want to say to New Yorkers? There are a lot of folks who love you, Andrew, love your family. Um, what's your pitch? Listen, you've got great pedigree. Your, your dad did a superb job as mayor. Um, what's your pitch to New Yorkers who are listening right now? I want to make sure that they hear your message directly. Yeah. Albany's going to need a change agent. Not that somebody's going to come in there and tweak a couple of things. We need a change agent, the likes of Rudy Giuliani in the 90s, who came to City Hall and said, I'm going to change the city once and for all. And similar to what Donald Trump did in the White House, where I had the honor of working for him for four years. I will come into Albany and I will keep the promises that I have made on this campaign trail. And I will make sure that every single day, Rita, I ask of myself and my staff, What can we do today to make New York the safest state in the country? And we will relentlessly pursue that because, look, here's the truth about it. We need to make sure we do this now for the Empire State. We're at a breaking point. We can do this. Our best chapters are still ahead of us. We just need the type of leadership that's going to finish in Albany, and we're going to do that. And, Andrew, we have just a few seconds. How can people help and find out more? Give us your website real quick. Go to SaveNY.org and make sure you come on out and vote Tuesday, June 28th, SaveNY.org. And, and Andrew, I wish you so much luck, my friend. I've known you a long time and wish you so much luck on Tuesday. And we'll be probably talking to you Tuesday night. Thank you so much, Rita. Thank you, my friend. Good luck to Andrew Giuliani, a definitely a great, great crime fighter out there running for New York governor. And very important message, everybody, too, as we're looking at fighting crime Huge issue. And I love the fact that he said he's going to get rid of these soft on crime DAs. He's going to fire them from day one, just like Alvin Bragg and some of these others, because it is time to let these folks go and for people to speak up. And I'm so happy when I see around the country what happened with Chesa Boudin in San Francisco and also Gascon in L.A. And now a lot of people going, hey, maybe Alvin Bragg. And it is, by the way, we there is no recall in New York which is why it is so important uh, that a governor step in to change the policies or somebody gives Alvin Bragg a wake-up call, even Mayor Adams. I've interviewed Mayor Adams, and I've said, hey, why don't you do something? It's not 
his authority to go over Alvin Bragg, because Alvin Bragg was elected, you can certainly have some sort of influence. And he's been fairly hands-off on that whole thing, you know, for a lot of political reasons. But from a hierarchy perspective, the governor can step in. So I say bravo to people like Andrew Giuliani who say, let's get rid of Alvin Bragg. It is time to really get tough on criminals and this sort of hug-a-thug policy, as Sal, who is one of our great, great folks on social media, always talks about, and I mentioned here on the show, it's time to clean that up. It is time to stop embracing the criminal and in time to make sure that the victims feel protected and that average New Yorkers and also average folks all across this country feel safe. This is crazy. Absolutely crazy. And the fact that this DA that we just played, George Gascon in L.A., is sitting out there and he's like, oh, no history of violence, no problem. The guy had robbery, he had this, he had that. Oh, but he seems like such a nice guy. Let's give him 1,000th chance, right? What about the victims? You have the father and the mother of a slain police officer pleading out there and saying it is time to get tough. I want to hear your thoughts on all this. It's 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Michael on line six. Michael, your thoughts about all this. You know, Andrew brought up the point, too, the uh, the Soros factor, um, because so many of these DAs across the country, like George Gascon, like Alvin Bragg, Chesa Boudin, uh, Krasnoff, that's the guy in uh, the Krasner, the guy in uh, Philly, those people. They all have one common thing. They're getting big money from George Soros. So how do we, how do we fix this, Michael? Well, these are my three thoughts. First of all, doing big stake in New York City's only true hey, hope. You're, you're breaking up. You're breaking up, Michael. Go ahead. What I'm saying is um, my three points are Andrew Giuliani is New York State's only true hope. And I have a private sector theory about what's going on with these DAs. They're Democrats. And one thing that they're doing is releasing these criminals. And when you put these criminals in jail, they cost taxpayer money. And instead of spending that taxpayer money on these criminals, why don't these Democrats, they're going to take that taxpayer money to buy public union votes. That's what they need the money for. That Maybe that's why they're not putting them in jail. Another reason. And my third thing I want to say about this, all these crime victims in New York State, City and New York State, you know, if you're a crime victim— and you voted Democrat, honestly, you got what you deserved. You really did. You should have let you, you should have let, should have voted for Curtis Sliwa and put as many fiscal conservative crime fighting uh, Republicans in office. That's what it should have happened. But I hope Andrew Giuliani takes New York State because of the Giuliani name, we need to bring it back to bring back hope and prosperity to our great city, New York. And if I lived in New York State, Andrew, I would vote for you. But unfortunately, I live in. There's, I live behind enemy lines, too. I live in Democrat-controlled New Jersey. Uh, behind enemy days. lines. <laughs> I love that, Michael. That, but you know what's interesting? Your point is a good one, that it is people. But, but I, I'll, give, I'll say one thing. Uh, you know, the mayor's race and the governor's race, you know, they often get a lot of attention. But a sure. lot of these DA races didn't get that much attention. Um, by the way, I remember we did a debate, um, and it was with a number of these DA candidates um, and, and I remember, um, listening to them and he kind of went and, and this guy, Alvin Bragg was definitely to the left. I mean, he was really far to the left and it was like, oh God, uh, you know, and even in the mayor's race, by the way, the person who came, 
uh, like within a hair's breadth, uh, basically, of Eric Adams when they did the first counting. Because uh, remember, you know, it was it was all the ranked choice yes. voting and all that stuff. That was Maya Wiley. And she was like an Alvin Bragg in the mayor's seat. Like he looks like he looks like John Wayne compared to her, you know. Um, but, but look at Eric. But look at Eric Adams. You know, he, he's still a Democrat. He's still allowed crime to flourish in New York City. I mean, a cop got beat up. Five people got shot yesterday. Another 10 people got shot over the weekend, and one of them was a basketball player that was just standing around. You mean, you walk to New York City now, you're really unsafe on every street corner. Why? Because a Democrat controls that city. If we had Curtis Lee there, a fiscal conservative Republican, I think a lot of people would have survived. The Democrat Party and their Democrat corrupt leadership has a lot of American blood on their hands. They're the greatest threat to America, these Democrat career politicians, from AOC to Nikki Shirell here in New Jersey to Phil Murphy to former Andrew Cuomo to Hillary Clinton to Schumer, all Pelosi to Biden. They're the greatest threat to our freedom and democracy. And I want to say something about those January 6th patriots who are protested at the Capitol building. And we all finally say that they were right. Let's say they really did want to overturn the election by force, which isn't true. They were complaining about – they were worried and concerned about uh, these um, potential um, cheating tactics in certain states. That's why they were there at protests. But they were right in the end. Can we all agree on that? Look how bad America is now. We're paying five twenty a gallon of gasoline. In oh, but but but, but today, but but by the way, did you hear? Uh, Biden's giving us a uh, a gas holiday. He's pushing for a gas holiday for three months to give people federal tax. What is it like eighteen cents? As if that's gonna like. Uh, first of all, it's so transparent, and second of all, it's like a three month holiday. And then right before November, uh, suddenly people are going to have to pay 18 cents more again. I mean, it, it, so many of these things are so crazy. And just like you said, sadly, Michael, I love this country. I just want the best for this country and the best for everybody here. And you're right. It has been it has just been a disaster with crime. It's been a disaster with the inflation. There are so many issues here. And that's why it's important that people get out and vote. And November is not that far away. And we just heard also the primary in New York uh, is on Tuesday, everybody. So you got to get out and vote. 1-800-848-9222. And you are listening to The Rita Cosby Show. This is The Rita Cosby Show. We are talking about the fact that cops are basically forced to go solo in the subway now on patrols. They used to go in duos because Eric Adams is trying to show more police presence but isn't bringing in more cops. And then on the flip side, there is now an effort, and we're going to talk about this after the break, in Philadelphia where they are looking to impeach the DA. I say bravo. This is another Soros-backed DA, and finally, people have had enough. What are your thoughts, everybody? It's 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Nokel on line five. Nokel, um, you're here on the Rita Cosby Show. Go ahead, my friend. 
Yeah, good, good evening, Rita. Thanks for taking the call. You know what? Cops have guns, so they don't need a partner to help them protect themselves. You know, Mayor Adams has very limited resources, and he's using all of them to try to help protect the city of New York. All and right, Nokel, Nokel, hang on, hang on, hang on. All right, Nokel, first of all, I, I don't know what kind of, uh, you know, crazy thing that is. Just because you have a, a gun doesn't mean if somebody comes from behind and you're by yourself, you have nobody watching your back. And in fact, that's just what happened in this recent case. The first day of first full day of solo patrols, a guy basically pulls a police officer down the stairs, tries to grab his gun. He's by himself. It doesn't matter if he has a gun. You don't want the gun in the bad guy's hands. You want him in the cop's hands. So that's a silly answer. But we're going to take more of your calls, everybody, after the break. 1-800-848-9222. Rita Cosby is on. Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, a powerful tribute coming from Thornton, New Hampshire, where over five generations, the Wiley family has sent 11 sons and a daughter into the military. That's really impressive. Seven have served as paratroopers. Uh, near the Brad Wiley of Twin Mountain called the tip of the spear of America's armed forces. How beautiful is that? And Brad Wiley was one of four members of his family to be honored last week with the expansion of New Hampshire's Purple Heart Trail, which went from Thornton to Twin Mountain, and it's a stretch of about 30 miles. How beautiful. They had a number of the family members that were out there, and Brad Wiley said his father, William, And his dad's brothers were his inspiration for him joining the Army. William Wiley served in the 82nd Airborne. Henry Wiley was in the 101st Airborne in Vietnam and received a Silver Star. Uh, Ronald, another member of the family, was a crew chief and door gunner on a helicopter in Vietnam. And to have a number of the family members there, they said it was an amazing and unbelievable honor, not only for him and his family, but for all Purple Heart recipients who were also able to participate and to inspire generations to come about the importance of service. What a beautiful and powerful story. And bravo to that family that has given so much service to this country. And by the way, everybody, I just want to say you got to look at my social media feed uh, because just a few hours ago, the show you are listening to, The Rita Cosby Show, received top talk show And I was proud to be at a ceremony in New York to receive the Gracie Award uh, for Top Talk Show. And how beautiful is that? And I say that as a thank you to all of you. And the Gracie's is an incredible, incredible award. It's by the Alliance for Women in Media, which is an incredible organization that represents women and promotes women and strength of women in media and the community And I was able to be there at Cipriani's in New York City, a beautiful place to receive the award. And most importantly, I just want to say thank you to all of our great listeners, because it's because of you and the great staff that puts this show together every night. The Rita Cosby Show. I have an amazing staff uh, that I hope 
makes all of you proud every night and you get to listen to this great show. And I love being with you every night. We have the best listeners in the world. And it's thanks to all of you who tune in and listen to this show. And it was a great honor, but I think it's a definite team effort and community effort. And to receive a Gracie was a great, great honor for me. It's my seventh Gracie. And I say the seventh time is the charm. And I love doing this show every night and love being with all of you. And one thing I do not love, by the way, are these soft on crime DAs. And they are just a bunch of wimps. They are like so light and they don't do anything. And right now I feel like they are putting our country in tremendous danger. We've been talking about the police officers and the importance of the work that they do every single day. They're out there. They're arresting people. Uh, They're in, you know, difficult situations where now they're told in the subway, just go with one of you. Don't go with two of you officers. Uh, Nokel who I thought made the craziest thing. Oh, they have a gun. Don't worry about it. Well, that doesn't help. Guess what? If you have a couple people jump you, even if you have a gun, you don't want them to grab your gun. You want to make sure you have a partner who's protecting you, has your back, and is watching you. So it's very, very dangerous for officers. And now they're arresting people. And what we're seeing around the country is these soft on crime DAs are just letting them back out on the street. And that demoralizes police so much, and it is so heartbreaking. That's why, by the way, I love every day as we're talking about this great show that I enjoy doing every night and sharing with all of you. I love one of our favorite segments, not only the support our heroes, but the back the blue, because we have to let our men and women in blue know that we love them, we support them, and we appreciate them, and we understand how tough their job is. And it's because of these crazy, soft, uncrime DAs and others that are just letting people back out on the street and this revolving door. And now there is a trend. We have seen it. We saw it in Chesa Boudin in San Fran, who got recalled just recently. Thank goodness there will hopefully soon be a recall of Gascon. They're just really close. They're trying to get the signatures. They're very close to getting X amount of signatures and get a little bit of a buffer because sometimes the signatures get thrown out. And But we'll find out very soon if there'll be a recall effort, a vote there in L.A., And guess what? Now there's an effort to basically go after and, quote, impeach the Pennsylvania, the Philly DA, because this guy is also soft on crime. And people are seeing it over and over again. And there was such a powerful news conference that took place earlier this week in Pennsylvania, in Philly, where a whole bunch of victims' families came together yesterday and said, it is time to oust the DA, DA Krasner there. They said, enough is enough. And one of the people who I thought was so powerful was this mother. Her name is Nikisha Bila. She's the mother of a murder victim. Her son, Dominic, was killed in March of this year. And she says, this guy never should have been out on the streets, the killer who killed her son. Her son was on a way to a job interview, and he got shot at by a repeat offender. And yesterday, she called out the DA and said, enough is enough. Take a listen to this very emotional mother who lost her son. They're out here on these streets committing murders after murders because no one is held accountable in court. They don't mind turning down a plea because they know that they will get off. They know that they will get off. How sad is that? And her fiancé... The fiancé of the mother had this to say also about what he is seeing as a repeat pattern. The, the suspects already have a defense attorney that is fighting their case. 
we don't need the DA to help their case and give them plea deals for them to be back on the street. You are to represent the, the victims and the victim's family, not help the suspects with an easier sentence. Yeah, I mean, can you imagine you lose someone you love to a repeat offender, and then you look at the person's track record and go, wait a minute, what kind of judge in their right mind would have allowed this person to be out? And that's happening over and over again in so many of these liberal-led cities. And guess what? Another Soros DA, this guy received a lot of money, and that's how he got elected. Good old George Soros supporting this guy, just like he supported Alvin Bragg, also Chesa Boudin, and also George Gascon. Are you seeing a pattern here? I sure am. Well, here is Pennsylvania State Rep Josh Kale announcing some good news. My name is State Representative Josh Kale. I represent parts of Beaver and Washington counties. I, along with my colleagues, Representative Torn Eckerd and Tim O'Neill, are here to announce our intention to file articles of impeachment against Philadelphia District Attorney Larry Krosner. The reason for doing this now is threefold. First, so that we can garner broad bipartisan support for the measure. Second, so that we can continue gathering information. And third, to highlight the absolute and willful dereliction of duty that we have seen from District Attorney Larry Krosner. Bravo, bravo, bravo. And then he said this further. He said this guy was elected to protect and serve, and he is not doing it. But the bottom line is this. All the laws in the world don't mean a thing if we don't have district attorneys that are willing to enforce them. So we believe that the evidence will show that District Attorney Krosner has willfully ignored his constitutional obligation. We believe it will show that D.A. Krasner has willfully refused to protect the people of Philadelphia. Love that. And he said that this is critical because crime in Philly, just like New York, just like so many major cities across America, Los Angeles, the list goes on and on. Miami, uh, you see it in Seattle. So many places crime is skyrocketing. Chicago, L.A., you want me to keep going? Almost every major city where so many liberals are in charge. The numbers are skyrocketing. And he said, it's time. It is enough. The decision to impeach is not something that is made lightly and is done on a whim. We haven't made this overnight. We've decided this after careful thought and deliberation. Unfortunately for the people of Pennsylvania and Philadelphia at large and Philadelphia, the problem of violent crime in Philadelphia has reached a breaking point. Bravo, bravo, bravo. I love the fact that they are now pushing and saying, let's draft these articles of impeachment against him. And think about, by the way, if there is a new governor that comes in in a place like New York, well, then it looks like this DA is going to get the boot and hopefully other soft on crime DAs will get the boot. And then let's also talk about Gascon. Gascon, the other day, I couldn't believe it again. As I said, in the press conference, he comes out. You see the rap sheet of the guy and he comes out and he basically says, oh, this guy, there was no violence in his background. He lets the guy out 
basically gives him a slap on the wrist. And you look at his crime. The crime was drug charges. There was robbery. There were a whole bunch of things. Those are violent crimes. Those are crimes of violence. Those are serious things. These are not like little small things. And yet he let him out. And guess what? That was the guy who killed those two El Monte police officers in California. Shame on that DA and so many others. And it is time to speak out. Vote these guys out if you have the chance to vote them out or push and get your other lawmakers to make sure that they fire them. Depending on which state you're in, it is time. And I'm happy to see that at least there's some movement here that's happening. And people are waking up and saying, enough. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. I want to go to JC because, JC, uh, you're in Pennsylvania. And we've been talking about this Larry Krasner guy. Uh, what do you think of the fact that uh, now a Pennsylvania state rep has announced articles of impeachment against him? I think it's wonderful. Uh, I'm up, I'm up uh, north. I'm in Monroe. So I'm, I'm out of that. But however, it doesn't matter, okay? It's all over the place. We need the, polit- the good politicians to stand up for the, 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 the citizens of this country because the, the, the corrupt are not, okay? So well, there's, there's another thing that should be done. Now, it may, may not really uh, be totally effective, but I think once people start doing it, will, it will gain traction. But I think the victims' families, they should be suing the politicians and, and the, uh, the, the, the bad DAs. They should find a contingency lawyer so they don't have to pay any money, and they should start, they should start bringing all these cases, thousands of cases across the country. They should start an alliance of these victims' families, okay? Uh, you know, this is really disgusting. And you know what? First of all, bravo on your uh, congratulations on your award. That's phenomenal. You know, I, I love your show. I love. Oh, JC, thank you. And you know what? I, ta- I I wanted to share it because it's really all of our awards because it's great listeners like you that have allowed us to do a show every night that we love and we're proud of. And um, and it's just thanks to all of you for listening and and all your support too. So thank you, JC. So you know what, too, Rita. Michael, he was on a few minutes ago. He's a friend of mine. I worked with him for five years. Uh, one of his points was about the uh, January 6th riot. It not, was not just about overturning an election. Okay, these people are concerned. They've seen all of the violence that's gone on in these Democratic cities. They saw all of the bad stuff go on that they let them go, defend, defund the police. They let them riot. They let them burn down the buildings. So this was a this was a protest against the incoming tide. They knew what was going to happen, and it came to fruition. This country is going down the drain, and Biden, he's totally out of his mind. Eighteen cents. He's going to give us eighteen cents, and on top of that, he is he is going pro on under five vaccinations for. For the youth. This is unbelievable. You know, most countries are not going with that because there's no trial clinic to 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 look at uh, the the efficiency of it and to see what the, the downside of it is. This guy is for every single thing that's bad. That's what he's that's what he's going with. Every single thing that's bad. 
we got to stop these people in the tracks. Yeah, we do. We have to send a message and uh, on so many levels, JC. I love you and I appreciate your call. And it's time that good citizens speak up and, and some of these, you know, the double standards and and uh, the lax and the rules for thee, but not for me. I mean, it's it's crazy. It is so crazy. JC, thank you very, very much. Um, let's go to Miriam on line eight. Go ahead, Miriam. You're here on the Rita Cosby show. Okay, bueno, okay, buenísimo, Miriam. Me encanta tu programa. I love your show. I'm really learning with you. Your program is like a university, and I'm really learning. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, I love going to school with all of you guys every night, too. It makes me very happy. I'm so happy to be in your show, honestly. But, you know, I just want to let you know that I'm going to, I want to ask you, actually, I'm going to be flying to Florida on Tuesday, and I want to really uh, uh, vote for Giuliani, Andrew Giuliani, and I don't know what to do because I don't want to lose this opportunity because, actually, all my family, we're going to go for Giuliani. Oh, wow. And, well, and, and by the way, he's a great guy. I, I will tell you, you can do early voting. You know that um, there some select sites are open for early votes. Uh, okay. through uh, the 26th, and then, of course, the primary day is on 28th. But there there are ways to do early voting. You got Now, why do you like him? What what? Why are you picking him? I like Giuliani because I like his father. When when um, the father Giuliani was in New York, the, the city was very good, very clean. Actually, you know, Rita, I used to live in a neighborhood called Corona. If you go over there to Corona, Corona is like... Uh, Third world uh, neighborhood. It's really dirty. A lot of people selling garbage food. So many, uh, like, so many, like, car food all over. You cannot even find a parking space. People don't clean because these people think that they still in their country living garbage all over. And you know, I come to the, I came to this country to be better, not to be the same that I that I used to be in my country. And I want to be, I want to follow the American way, not the way that I used to be before. And it's a disaster. Somebody need to come and clean the house because it's terrible. Well, and you know what? Sadly, Miriam, as you're talking about, that's that is in so many places in New York City. I mean, you, you hit it on the head that the quality of life. Especially people who, you know, haven't been here in a while. Like I, I had somebody who visited not that long ago and, and he was like, oh, my, what happened to New York City? Boy, this place is a mess. You know, he's like seeing people talk to themselves. He's seeing homeless. He's seeing drug dealers, you know, right in front of them. It's like and, and it saddens me, you know, and, and sadly, it's happening in so many cities across the country. And by the way, that's why, as we're talking about these soft on crime DAs in San Francisco, there was an enormous homeless encampment it's still there in the middle of the city and people are like out in the public shooting up drugs and just kind of hanging out there and how is that increasing the value of you know great cities luckily people got fed up there they did a recall they booted out the guy thank god la same thing you know the quality of life is happening over and over again in so many of our great cities across the country and it's time that people say enough and i'm happy to see that people are finally but it's exactly why it is important to vote for people who have your values and care about law and order and care about safety. So, uh, Miriam, you got to get to the polls. 
Uh, there is early voting, as I mentioned, um, up until at select sites. You just got to go online. You can find out where. And and thank you. It sounds like you are a terrific, terrific patriot. And it's great to have you here on the show. We're going to continue with your calls after the break, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. And you are listening to The Rita Cosby Show. It's The Rita Cosby Show. And we are talking about soft on crime DAs and now articles of impeachment being brought up by a Pennsylvania state rep against the DA in Philly. It looks like there's probably going to be a second recall in Los Angeles. Chesa Boudin is out in San Fran. And let's see what happens in New York. There seems to be a continuing pattern, but people are at least speaking out and aware of the impact that these soft on crime DAs have. And family members are now saying, enough. Uh, we were talking about this big, big press conference that happened in Philadelphia yesterday where family members who lost loved ones said, we can't take it anymore. This guy, this DA, the fact that he's allowing people to walk free and then have them out there to endanger the rest of us. And in the case of a number of these people, they lost their loved ones. Their loved ones were lost to very obvious repeat offenders who never should have been out to begin with. And believe me, if that had happened in my family or or a friend's family, I'd be right out there too. And I'm right out there with them anyway, because I just think it is ridiculous. And it is time that people get these soft on crime DAs out. They need to get the boot. Let's go to Mike on line two. Mike, go ahead. You're here on the Rita Cosby show. Hi, Rita. Congratulations on your award. Oh, thank you. And I love you, Mike. I love all. I have the best listeners in the world because it's thanks to all of you that we got it. So thank you. I just wanted to say, I hear what everybody says about Gascon, but I don't hear nobody ever talk about that. He was a cop at one time. Yeah, you're right. And by the way, uh, uh, like in L, he was an LAPD assistant chief of police. Yeah. And he was also in uh, Arizona and San Fran. He was chief of police. I mean, he, he, you know, that's a disgrace, a disgrace. That's a disgrace right then and there. Yeah, so, you, you're I mean, right. I, you're right, because he should know better. You know, I mean, it doesn't yeah. make I, I you don't have to be a police officer to support and love police as we do. Um, but if you were one of them, you would think you'd have even better insight. You know, you'd get it even more. You know, these are district attorneys also. I mean, the previous caller was saying that people should sue. They can't sue them because they all have immunity. But. So they so they they're they're not going to get sued for you know they 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 take their take on the laws because they're they got they got qualified immunity so they're not they they're golden they can do whatever they want pretty much which is absolutely a disgrace the cops don't even have qualified immunity anymore but the DA still do I know so out do. it's outrageous absolutely outrageous let's let's go to Stephen in St Louis go ahead Steve real quick you're here on the show go ahead Stephen. I wanted to know. Hello? Yep, go ahead, Steve. I wanted to know what the boyfriend law is. I don't know what the boyfriend law for the guns is. I hear it all the time on the radio. What is it? The... I have a boyfriend. He's very cute. <laughs> Steve, well, all I got to say, let's put this. The law with guns, whether you got a boyfriend or not, is you only got to have them legally. And if you're having them illegally... You shouldn't have them. That's, it doesn't matter if it's a boyfriend or a girlfriend. That's uh, universal. 
This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com. 